we, we have arrived at that place as we consider um, uh, the progress of Jesus' life. We've arrived at the place where Jesus is beginning to teach. He is beginning to say the things that he wants his disciples to know, to remember, uh, to learn, and to practice. And uh, there's a, a great compendium of Jesus' teaching in Matthew's Gospel. In the fifth through the seventh chapters, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And today we look at those, uh, a series of sayings that Jesus had. Um, I'm sure he used them often. We call them beatitudes, um, or the, the, the word beatitude means blessing. Um, and these are, the, these are the sayings or the blessings that Jesus began with. You know, we know these blessings well, um, uh, and, and we, we've heard them so often. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. Um, you know, some people say blessed. Do you ever say it like that? I've always wondered why. Because we don't talk like that anymore. Maybe there was a time. Maybe it's one of those ways that we keep things at a distance. If you say them differently, you don't have to draw them as close. But you know, in some modern translations, the, the, uh, the word has been changed from blessed to happy. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those. I don't, I don't think happy is the best rendering of, of, of what the intention of Jesus and the intention of the, the original Greek was. So I use the old blessed, even though it's in some ways just as difficult to embrace. So, um, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. If you can stand to receive the gospel, would you do so? When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. When people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. The beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, these beatitudes, these blessings as Jesus speaks them, are, are one of the most engaging parts of the Jesus story. I remember hearing these sayings and studying them and thinking about them and talking about them from the time I was a little kid in Sunday school. I have always heard them. They're very familiar. I can't recite them from memory without looking at the text, but they're all very familiar. And Sometimes that kind of familiarity can get in our way because they become so familiar, we say them over and over, we hear them over and over, and we don't really think about what we're hearing, and we don't think about what they're saying. But as I, as I was 
going through these Beatitudes again this week, as I've done so many times before, it struck me more than it usually does how radical they are. They, they are more different and more challenging and more radical than we usually imagine because it seems to me that we think and we act and we do just the opposite of what Jesus is recommending and just the opposite of what Jesus is encouraging us to consider. Let, let, me, let me give you an idea what I, what I mean by that. He says, he begins by saying, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. But we've always been taught, I've always been taught to believe that those that, that we, we are blessed when we are rich, when we have lots of things, poor in spirit, when, when we are, are, are settled and, and rich in spirit. That's when we're blessed, isn't it? That's what we're taught to believe in and, and we're taught to think. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. But you know, um, I've, I've spent a lot of time, well, yesterday, I was uh, at the funeral home again. At a funeral. Last Sunday, we had a funeral here. Um, I have been taught to think that I'm happiest when I can avoid such things. I'm happiest when, when death does not visit my family or my friends. And when I don't have to deal with it at all. When I'm mourning the death of someone I love... I'm not happy. How about you? But Jesus says, happy are those, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are humble, Jesus said. Now, you know we don't live like that. We don't think a great deal of humility. I had a, uh, had a fellow in one of the churches I served I had a fellow come and speak to our Sunday school one day, and he was from Israel. And, and, and he was talking about Jerusalem and, and, and everyday life in Israel. And, and someone in the group, I don't remember who it was, but someone stood in the group during the question and answer period and, and said to him, in, in Israel where you live, in Jerusalem, you see a lot of tourists, don't you? Oh, yes. We have lots of tourists in Israel and especially in Jerusalem. And, and this person said, and, and many of those tourists are Americans, aren't they? Oh, yes, lots of Americans come to Jerusalem, tour Israel. What do the people in Israel think of Americans? How do they respond to Americans? And he looked down and he said, and he looked at me and he said, I don't want to answer that question. And whoever asked him said, oh, please, please tell me. Please tell me. I need to know. And he, he didn't want to answer it. But finally he said, he said, people in my country think Americans are arrogant. They think that, that, that Americans are accustomed to always having their way and, and wanting their way. And, and they always demand their way. And that's the response that, 
that, um, that we often have and that people where I live often have to Americans. Um, and yet Jesus says, blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are humble. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. And we don't live that way. We live entitled lives where we want what we want when we want it and we want our way and we expect to get it. Jesus says, blessed are those who are merciful to others. And we've been taught that mercy is a sign of weakness. Blessed are the pure in heart, but there's no fun in being pure if you know what I mean. Blessed are those who work for peace. And we've been taught and we live like peace is defined in terms of safety. Being able to defend ourselves and being prepared for war. Blessed are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. We have tended to call such people fools because they don't stick up for themselves. Blessed are you when people insult you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you. And we say, don't get mad, get even. God's kind of blessing, the the things that Jesus is saying here are are so very different from the ways that we tend to live. I I encourage you to spend some time this week with these these blessings, with these beatitudes, and think about, are, are there ways that that I'm, I'm living an opposite way. I'm living a different way than, than Jesus is calling me to live here. How am, I, how am I poor in spirit and blessed for being so? What are the times in my life when I have mourned? And, and is there any blessing that has come out of that mourning? Maybe you don't realize it right away. But later on, is there any blessing that comes to me out of mourning? Is there any appreciation for life and for those whom I love and for those whom I've lost because I mourn? These beatitudes, these sayings of Jesus are at the most prominent place in the gospel. They come early on. They come first among Jesus' teachings. And you remember, I always tell you, pay attention to what comes first and to what comes last. When John Wesley engaged himself in a study of the scriptures, he reflected upon the Sermon on the Mount and particularly upon these Beatitudes. And and when he instructed new converts to Methodism, he concluded his reflections on this part of the scripture by saying, Behold, Christianity in its native form as delivered by its great author. This is the genuine faith. This is the genuine religion of Jesus. When you read these Beatitudes, this is what Christian faith looks like when we take it into ourselves and when we live it and practice it and believe it and accept it. The genuine native faith that Jesus taught, Christianity in its native form. Well, if you're going to, bend it, if you're going to begin to believe this stuff, and, if, and, and by believing it, I don't mean simply understanding or assenting to it. I mean, if, you are going to, if you're going to allow what Jesus says to soak deeply into your soul and into your spirit and into your life, um, uh, and have some understanding for what it takes to live like this, then there are, there are three things I think that might be helpful to you. And we've talked about these before, but I want to, I want to review them with you again today. Um, 
to, to help you and me understand where these, these blessings are leading us. First thing, number one, we need to get over the silly notion that those who are doing well are blessed by God and that those who are doing poorly aren't. Jesus challenges that in every one of these blessings. This notion we have that, that if, uh, if, if we're doing well, then God is blessing us. And if we're not doing well, then God is punishing us. That idea was prominent in ancient times. And yes, it is in the Bible. It says that clearly in the scripture. But the prophets and Jesus himself argued against that idea and tried to convince folks that it wasn't so. At one point, remember this story? At one point, Jesus asked his disciples about a man who had been born blind. Was this man's blindness caused by his sins or his parents' sins? And Jesus, they asked Jesus, and his response indicated what a silly notion. His blindness is not caused by anybody's sin, Jesus said. We've got to get over the notion that if we're doing well, God is blessing us. And if we're doing poorly, God has abandoned us and is not blessing us. Jesus counseled his followers. Do you remember when Jesus said this? I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Others will hate you because of me. Things don't always go well with us. When we are serving God and following Jesus, even when we're, we are adhering closely to God's way, things do not always go well. And that is not an indication that God has withdrawn from you. That's what Jesus is telling us here. Things do not always go well with us every day of our lives, every season of our lives. And that is not an indication that God has withdrawn from you or that God does not love you or that God does not bless you. For in fact, God does love and identify with, God blesses you when you are poor in spirit, when you are mourning, when you are meek, when you are wrongly targeted and persecuted. Get over the notion that when things go well with us, we are blessed by God, and when things don't go well with us, we are abandoned by God. And second, number two, Get over the idea that you have to be strong and perfect all the time in order to be worthy of God's love, in order to be worthy of a place among God's people. It's okay to be poor in spirit when things are bad. It's okay to mourn when you lose someone or something. It's okay to fail. It's okay to sin unintentionally. I often tell folks here at at funeral services that it's okay to cry. (laughs) When you lose someone, you know, weeping is not a sign of of shallowness of faith. It's a sign of depth of love. It's okay to weep when you're mourning. It's okay because God blesses you then. God does not forsake or abandon or discredit or devalue you when you are mourning, when you are failing, when you are sinning. God blesses you. And beyond that, God sends merciful, peacemaking, hungry for righteousness people to be with you. Look around you now. To be with you and aid you, especially then. So, so get over the notion that, that when you are doing well, you're blessed by God. And when you're doing poorly, you aren't. It doesn't always work out that way. Get over the idea that you have to be strong and perfect all the time to be worthy of God's love and attention. And number three, finally, 
recognize that those who are in need, those who are powerless and failing, those who are hungry, those who have messed up, just might have some understanding of God's love and mercy that we need to understand too. They just might have people who are down and out, people who have failed, people who have sinned and have done wrong. They just might have some knowledge and understanding that is unavailable to us because they recognize the power of forgiveness. They understand something of the pervasiveness of God's grace that if we maintain our strength and our goodness all the time, we never encounter. Those who've messed up, those who are powerless and failing, they just might have some understanding of God's mercy and God's love and God's call that we need. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and search for righteousness. Because they, they are more likely to catch on to the fact of our basic and our utter dependence upon God. I hope that in the days that lie ahead, you and I both can, can more fully embrace this way of life, this way of thinking and, and this way of acting that Jesus outlines in the fifth chapter of Matthew. I hope we can, we can begin to let this stuff soak into our spirits even more, that we can begin to believe it. And by believing, I don't simply mean understanding or assenting to it. I mean letting it soak deeply into us, deeply into our spirits and into our lives. Having not only some understanding, but living out these things day by day. Have confidence that when your spirit is poor, when you mourn, when you and others are suffering, God is with you. God is blessing you as much as ever, perhaps more than ever. But that comprises only half of Jesus' teaching. The other half is this. Then let yourselves, set yourselves to the tasks of mercy and purity and peace for exercising those things, living those things out, doing them is what characterizes the life of a disciple. As God's children, we receive God's blessings and we are blessed by God. But as God's disciples, as Jesus' disciples, we're called upon to be that kind of blessing for others. Amen.